you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope that God has got his arms wrapped around you. You're serving him. You're, you're in a joyful position. You're doing well. But if you're not, he's still God. He's still got you. We came out of yesterday, and we were talking about God's unwavering faith. We were talking about trusting in him, God's timing, all those wonderful things, and how that in suffering we can bring glory and honor to a great God. And uh, I don't know about you folks, but that's a pretty wonderful thing we can do that. And uh, uh, so we have a question. So we turn things up. First, we want to say good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. And and uh, I, I just want to thank Kevin for all he's doing out there in Wisconsin and, and uh, being on the radio out there and having people call, being on TV Monday. It'll be too late to pray for him, but go back and check out VCY, see if you can find uh, uh, Kevin Robb. Uh, R-A-U-B out there. Maybe you can listen to his spot. And uh, But I want to ask you a question, Kevin. So which book of the Bible mentioned Haman? Esther. There we go. I'm talking, folks, 80%. So he went four <laughs> for five this week. He nailed them. That's some pretty exciting stuff. And uh, we're going to be talking about today. So we had mentioned... There were four things God wanted us to know, and we talked about two of them yesterday. We talked about, number one, you're not alone. God's always with you. He doesn't leave you. That was kind of the thread through the whole broadcast yesterday. And, and we also mentioned the second thing God wants people who are suffering from physical abuse and rape and terrible of terribles. He wants you to know that it's not your fault. There was nothing you wore. There was nothing you did. There was nothing you drank. There was nothing. You, you, no one has any right or any domain over anyone's body. Today, he wants you to know that you're of great value. And I I pulled up a couple verses on this, really the whole Psalm 139. But the verse that spoke to me today is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You say, wait a minute, brother, Doug, I've heard that before. Good. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved every one of us so much. Uh, he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Christ uh, in your place as your sacrifice. You're of great value to God. Can I let you know that this morning? So we talked yesterday, you're not alone. It's not your fault. And now to remember you're of great value. When you look in the mirror, you don't see somebody who wishes they were down a few pounds. God doesn't see that. Uh, you You don't see somebody who uh, wishes they looked a little better, wishes their hair was a little thicker, a little thinner, whatever. When God sees you, he sees somebody of great value. With that, with that same idea in Psalm 139 being real, the Bible tells us the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and he will keep us safe. You're a son or daughter of God, and, and, and the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I don't know about you, but I love that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And so if you can re- if you can remember this, there were towers meant to everything back in biblical times, especially in Old Testament times, being higher than everybody else. 
and uh, being able to see over everybody else, being able to see if the enemy's coming, being able to see if our group of people are winning and things of that nature. It meant everything. And a strong tower takes that to a different level. A strong tower literally means you're a tower, but you're absolutely in the middle of an encampment. So a strong tower is as you're as far as you can be from any wall, any defensive position. You're as strong of a position you can be. You might be backed up against a cliff. You may be somewhere. But a strong tower means that you and your forces own that tower, that you're under total control. The Bible says over in Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Can I let you know something today, brethren? You're safe if you run it into the strong tower. So we talked about today, we talked about you being a great value. Uh, and we also talked about the last of the four things God wants you to know is that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, Kevin. So great value, strong tower. You're of great value and he gives you a place to hide. Yes, sir. You know, the some of the most basic human needs are to feel valued and then to feel secure. And so certainly in Jesus Christ, and I would argue only in Jesus Christ, can you know your full value? Typically people without Jesus Christ try to find their value in um, another person that values them and say, Oh, my knight in shining armor or my damsel in distress that thinks I'm a hero. Well, let me just say, you can go from hero to zero pretty quickly, but with the Lord, it doesn't happen that way with, with Jesus Christ. We maintain our value because he made us and, uh, he loves dirt and makes it into people. And then when people are messed up, Jeremiah 18 says that he makes us again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. So we're always having value as long as we stay soft and pliable. And then the, the strong, the security of a strong tower, just like you said, I was thinking, Doug, while you were talking, a tower is, it gets you above other uh, attackers, you're always in the advantage. You've always got the high ground. If you're in a tower, that's why you build a tower in the middle of a desert. There's no high ground. Boom. Suddenly we've got high ground and we can see people coming. You know, the Bible says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Paul said, so in not being ignorant of his devices, that means that we have the upper hand. We can look, we're not stronger than the devil. But we are in a position where we can at least be aware of what's coming so that if there's a huge battering ram that he uses, we can see it out there and say, okay, I recognize this. He's going to make an assault with a battering ram and then we can have, you know, post whatever, post grenadiers or something like that to try to take care of the battering ram. But the idea is, yeah, God sets us in a position above, um, other people with the advantage and they, uh, you know, the David said, I have more understanding than all my teachers because I uh, seek thy precepts. And I have, I know more than the ancients because again, of the word of God. So it's the scripture that gives us that, that position of, of advantage uh, in this strong tower. 
Yeah, it sure is. And, and knowing the scripture, again, we started out getting to know God better and just communicating with him, listening to him. That happens in the word of God. That happens when we pray to him. It happens. God puts people in our life. It happens when you're sitting under the preaching of God's word. It, it happens. One of the great things about serving God is when you're writing lessons for Sunday school classes and things like that, man, you grow so much. Uh, I'll never forget when I started being a Sunday school teacher to little kids, and then I was the junior church pastor and and uh, I preach every week boy those kids would just ask questions right well wait a minute you know wasn't uh, you know wasn't Sarah 127 years old when she died how's that possible you know <laughs> they'd ask you the silliest questions in the middle yep. of nowhere and and but boy does God use that and we continue on studying the life of Christ and applying the lessons we're learning the scripture we're reading we're applying them to our lives we're building that strong tower we're being far from the enemy uh, to the other extreme or with God and nobody can uh, do better than God. I remember years ago, I was talking with a division commander at a 10th mountain division and, and uh, we were talking about the strength of God. And I mentioned to him that I would rather have God on my side than the 10th mountain division all wrapped around me with tanks, guns, and weapons and all 12,000, our extra guard unit coming in and all that. And, uh, and he said, me too. And, uh, but here we are, we find ourselves over in John chapter 11, verse seven through 10 today. And it says, then after that, say it to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee and goest thou thither again. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walketh in the night, he stumbleth because he is, there is no light in him. So he's answering with a metaphor here. And uh, he's going on and he's talking to his disciples and he's saying, listen, we're going to Judea again. And uh, after hearing about the illness, after waiting his couple days, he says, you know, we're going to Bethany. We're going to go see Lazarus. And, and immediately, I think I'd be like one of these disciples to say, Lord, they're out to get you, and if they're out to get you, they're, they, they want to stone you. We left them. They were collecting up stones. They were uh, going to back you into a corner. They wanted to kill you. And then Jesus starts talking about day and night, and he's talking about the time of the year. You know, the light's out 12 hours a day. Can't we, uh, can't we get through that? And he continues his metaphor in verse 10, and, and he's literally saying that nobody stumbles during the day because they, there's light. And, uh, but at night, boy, you need light in you to be able to move around. And we need the light of God to live this life we're in. We need the light of God to be able to move forward. We need the light of God when darkness shows up. We need the light of God when, when the shadow of death shows up. We need the light of God when the shadows of narcissists go up. When our narcissistic warning system goes off, we need God. When, uh, when those terrible things happen in life, when we got to uproot and change everything. And uh, boy, the light of God needs to be there with us and he freely gives it. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Yeah, one of the things that comes to my mind, again, is this whole concept of divine timing, of God's timing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily align with our goals, with our timing, when when we want things to go on. Uh, sometimes I pray, God, wouldn't today be a good day uh, for the money to come in for this purchase? Or wouldn't today be a great day for these things to come on? And, and, and God's got the timing figured out. Uh, God doesn't call me. You know, when I was in the army, when we got ready to attack in Iraq, the general didn't call up and say, hey, Doug, what are you thinking? We, uh, we think we're going to go ahead and attack next week, but we just want your feedback on this. No. The general said, make sure our units are at 100%. Make sure that everybody's ready to go. I wasn't given the time that we would go. I wasn't given any of that. And I was okay with that. I knew my job. My job was to make sure that the men and women of the United States Army Europe were at 100%. Because 5th Corps was going, baby. It was going down. 1st Infantry Division, 1st Armored Division, they're on their way. And, and folks, I'm here to tell you that we need to trust in God's time. And he's not going to call. He's not going to say, hey, Doug, do you mind if I wait a couple of weeks so you learn a valuable lesson here? Uh, he's God. I'm not. And, and Kevin, there's so much to learn here. God's looking at these disciples and saying, hey, I got this. Don't I give yeah. you the light? We don't stumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, your, your illustration about warfare and, you know, wars are won because the guy at the top, is in a tower situation he knows he has good intel but the guys down below are is so so true what you said are are at a hundred percent they're not trying to you know pretend that they know what the guy at the top of the tower knows or the guy that's getting the intel from the tower from the from the centuries they're they're saying hey whatever they see our business is to act on it and happier we you know the bible says a wise man's eyes are in his head so my head is jesus christ so to speak um uh, you know we all have leaders over us we've got commanders we've got uh in the home you know the husband is tasked uh he's supposed to be the spiritual leader his he's he has to have the keenest eyes now if not if he's being a knucklehead, if he's going through a period of life where he's just become distracted from his job uh, or he doesn't know Jesus Christ yet as his personal Lord and Savior, then until the time he repents, then it's it's going to be, you know, mother's job or sometimes an older child even has to be the eyes. The wise man's eyes are in his in his head. So whatever God has given us to do, let's own our job and then move forward with that intel. And thank God the Lord is the head. He's the commander. He's the general. He's chief of staff. He's the commander in chief. And he says, this is what I see. Trust me and do it. So when Jesus launched into this uh, healing thing for Lazarus, number one, he waited, like you said, the timing was to wait it two days. And that is going to drive Mary absolutely crazy to the point that when she, when he arrives, she is traumatized over the delay as well as over his uh, ensuing death. And then um, also, I think it's interesting on the, on the, uh, on the whole Intel thing and trusting in the leader, it says uh, when Jesus, the next verse, after waiting two days and he announced to his disciples, let's go. It's time to move out. 
verse 8, his disciples said, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. They said, are you sure about that? But from what we can see, that's not the wise thing to do. And his answer was, verse 9, Art thou, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he sinneth not. The idea, I think, in his answer was, Look, that now's the time. It's the crack of dawn for this mission. The day is it, 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 it was it was a it was it was not the right time before. And you know what? God gives us windows. And this is this is what's speaking to me, Doug. God gives us windows when he says it's time. There is a window to act on that. It might be a teachable moment in someone else's life where a child is going through something and needs you. Okay. Are there not 12 hours in a day? If a man walk in the light, he stumbleth not. During this period of enlightenment, when the child is open, this teachable moment, if you will, let's take them and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or what you going through? Or think about this. You know, th that's a teachable moment. Um, I got a call earlier today from someone and that call, they said, can we get together today? We're going through something. There's a trauma. Can we get together today? And my first thought was today is not the best day. But quickly, the Lord uh, reminded me, you know what? There is a window of opportunity to help these people that may not be there tomorrow before the window closes. Let's, let's go through that, that, that fissure that's available. And, and then you'll find, you know, once you go through that little crack that opens up into a big room of, of the will of God. And that's what happens in John 11. It just opens up into a big room with the will of God. But in the beginning, I think Mary and Martha and, and these disciples were like, are you, what is the timing here? And they, they just had to finally trust. And then, uh, uh, in obedience, they went along and everything was fine. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all great. And, and, you know, God gives several opportunities and, and, um, maybe even in a day, maybe, you know, in a lifetime, but I love that he uses the metaphor of light so often, uh, you know, and he always uses it, what Kevin was saying to display these spiritual truths. Uh, his mission is, listen, there's an opportunity for us right now. There's an opportunity, and we're going to take that opportunity. Like Kevin said, we always don't know. We don't know everything. We don't know anything in most of the time, but God says, go do this. I don't think there would be a missionary or a pastor in the world today if people didn't trust God. Because it, it doesn't, from a fiscal type of thing, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I, I spent 26 years in the Army. I left there with a... Uh, you know, a degree in business administration, master's degree in business administration, a degree in business. And I'm actually a certified teacher in secondary education history. I had done all these degrees. I had done all these things to go to a secular job. And then all of a sudden, God says, you know, there's an opportunity for you, Doug. And I shine the light. I hold the light. And I'm like, okay. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat back and said, God, I can't believe this just happened. And so there's an obedience to God's call that changes everything. If we step out, when those opportunities exist, that metaphor of light is saying there's an opportunity here. And we've got the light. We're not going to stumble in this opportunity. We're going to move out. And God knew before any of them asked the questions what the questions were going to be, who asked them. And, and God knows that we needed this lesson 
in our lives today, that we, we trust in God's time and we trust in God's guidance. We trust, uh, even as Kevin started earlier, even when things don't make sense to us, we hope that we'll have the intestinal fortitude, the belief in God, the, you know, just to trust it, to just, <coughs> excuse me, just to buy it, just to say, Lord, we trust you. Kevin, why don't you take about a minute and close this thing out? Yeah, the 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 term "walk in the light" is is in the scripture over and over. John talked about it in First John. Um, it it talks about uh, uh, earlier in the book of John. You know, it's different places. Paul uses the term. He says, you know, don't we are not of the darkness. We are of the light, and and as children of the light, walk ye as children of the light, and. I want to be this kind of person, and I think everyone listening does as well. Just think about this. We walk in the light of the opportunity that God gives us, whether it's that teachable moment of the child, whether it's a situation of trauma where we are more aware of a need. Whatever happens to us, it is shrouded in light if we know Jesus Christ because it came by the throne of light down from the father of lights to us. Ten seconds. And whether it's a test. Yeah, but yeah, let's walk in that light of opportunity. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of the world. We love you guys. We certainly hope you're doing well. We'd love to see you in Bemidji, Minnesota. Make sure you go out to our website, Wounded Spirits, check and see if you can make it. And hey, when you go out today, wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.